Amen. All right, here. We're going to talk about voices and, and whispers. And just want you to think about for a minute. You think it's possible that what we think are emotional and spiritual problems in our lives are actually hearing problems. You think that it's because the ears that have been deafened to the voice of God. Sometimes our ears can become deafened to the voice of God. And is it possible that the inability to hear his voice can cause us to lose our way in life? Think, of, think on this. Learning how to hear God's voice is a solution to a thousand problems that's in your life. It's also the key to discovering our destiny and fulfilling our potential. His voice is love. His voice is power. His voice is healing. His voice is wisdom. His voice is joy. If your life is off key, if there are things that are just not quite right, maybe it's because you've been deafened by the negative self-talk that doesn't let God get a word in edgewise. Many times we give negative self-talk to ourselves that doesn't let God come into our lives that we can hear him. Maybe you've listened to the voice of criticism for so long that you can't believe anything good about yourself. Or maybe it's the enemy's voice of condemnation that speaks lies about who you really are in Christ Jesus. If you don't silence those competing voices, they will eventually just simply deafen you. You won't be able to, to, you won't be able to enjoy the life that God intends because you won't be able to hear his voice. Is God's voice the loudest voice in your life? Is God's voice the loudest voice in your life? That's the question. If the answer is no, then that's most likely the problem. We live in a culture where everyone today wants to have his or her voice heard, but they have so little to say. And that's because we do so little listening, especially to God. The best way to get people to listen to us is for us to listen to God. That way we will have something that is worth hearing, that is worth saying and worth hearing. Ultimately, ultimately, all of us need to find our voice. And by, by voice, I mean the unique message that God wants to speak through our lives. You don't stop to think about many times that God actually speaks to others through your life. Here's a warning, though, however. If you aren't willing to listen to everything that God has to say, then eventually you won't hear anything that God has to say. If you're not willing to listen to everything that God has to say, then eventually you wind up not hearing anything that God has to say. If you want to hear his comforting voice, you have to also listen to his convicting voice. And it's oftentimes what we want to hear least is that what we need to hear the most. We want to hear from God the least. That's what you really need to hear the most. You can't be picking and choosing what you want to hear from God. If you want to only hear little bits and pieces, the good things from God, then you may be missing out on the really important things that he's trying to say to you. It's oftentimes what we want to hear the least. That's what we need to hear the most. Trust me when I say that, that God has a lot to say if you're willing to hear it. When was the last time that you heard God's voice, I ask you? What did he say or what did he ask? How did you respond? Or do you even listen when you pray for God's voice? Or is your prayer time simply a few minutes or a half hour or whatever of you sitting there talking to God and never stopping to listen to what God may be saying back to you? You see, prayer is not a monologue on your part where you're just talking to God. Prayer is actually a dialogue. And we, we forget about that. We forget about that. Go to 1 Samuel 3. 
We have to always go by the word of God when we're talking about the things of God. We can't just take my word for it. We have to listen and see what the Holy Spirit is saying. 1 Samuel 3. Thank you, Jesus. And we were here before, but we want to we want to dissect this a little more closely here. Starting with verse number one, one Samuel three, verse one. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. And he ran into Eli and said, Here am I, for thou called me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I call not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Underline that, please. Verse number seven. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went into Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, go, lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, if thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. And then he goes on to give a prophecy to him about what's going to happen to Israel and so on. The point I want to make here is that here the child did not yet know God's voice. But at the time that he finally said, Lord, here I am, here I am, the Lord began to open his eyes and open his heart and to reveal wondrous things to him. And we know the history of Samuel, that he went on to become one of the greatest prophets in Old Testament. We have heard our parents speaking about voices. We have heard our parents say to us, use your inside voice. Use your inside voice. Use your inside voice when we're in public or some other place where we shouldn't be talking too loudly. You may remember that as a child. If you have kids, you may have said that even. Use your inside voice. Our parents wanted us not to always just speak so loudly in an outside voice as if we were in the playground playing with our kids or playing with other kids or a bunch of friends. Well, God also has an outside voice. And he's sovereign, so he doesn't have to be concerned about when he wants to use it. He can speak loudly, boomingly, if he so chooses. But when God wants to be heard, when what he has to say, when what he has to say is so important for us, that, that it's too important for us to miss, he often speaks to us in a whisper. He often speaks to us in a whisper, just above the absolute threshold of our range of hearing. The dictionary the definition of whisper is to speak softly with little or no vibration of the vocal cords. The definition of a whisper is to speak softly with little or no vibration of the vocal cords. Whispering is also used for, for privacy or conveying a personal or intimate message to someone. The use of breath 
instead of vocal cords is significant. It's significant. Isn't that how God created Adam? God breathed the breath of life into Adam. Whispering is typically employed for the sake of privacy or secrecy. No form of communication can be more intimate. So why does God, why does God, I ask you, why does God so often speak in whispers? When someone speaks in a whisper, you have to get very close to hear. When someone speaks in a whisper, you have to get very close to hear. Now, M, I'm going to use you for a moment here. Robbie wants to whisper something to you. Robbie, take a moment and whisper something to your loving wife. Okay, now if you could see that or not, Robbie leaned over to whisper and M moved her ear closer to his lips. She had to get closer to him. Notice that you have to put your ear near the person's mouth. We lean towards a whisper, and that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to lean towards him. God could speak in a loud, booming voice. He could shatter the rooftops in speaking. But God often speaks in a whisper because he wants us to be quiet and to listen and to move closer to him. The goal of hearing the Heavenly Father's voice isn't just hearing his voice, it's intimacy with him because he speaks in a whisper because he wants us as close as divinely possible. That's how much he loves you. He wants you to be close to him. Sometimes what God may have to say to you is is personally for you, is for no one else to hear. Aren't you grateful that we have a gentle and a loving God? Aren't you grateful that, that, that God is who he is and responds to us the way he is? does. God could intimidate us with his outside voice, but he calls with a whisper, and his whisper is the very breath of life that he's offering to you. There's an old saying that those who dance, that those who dance are thought to be crazy by those who can't hear the music. An old saying, those who dance are thought to be crazy by those that can't hear the music. Imagine if you saw someone just dancing around, dancing around and doing the frug or whatever they do, or flossing, I think they call it today, and, all right, and you don't see any music around, you think something was wrong with them. Amen? 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 Okay? Okay, if you can't hear the music, you know, they thought of being crazy. Well, that is certainly true of those of us who walk to the beat of God's drum. When you take your cues from the Holy Spirit, sometimes you'll do or you'll act in a way that may seem strange or odd to others. But who cares? What of it? As long as you're being obedient to the whisper of what God says to you. It doesn't matter. Many times we are so hung up on how does it appear to other people. Holy Spirit may be telling you to do or to say something specifically. But no, you know, I can't blow my cool. or I don't want to seem like I'm a little off. So I can't do that. Or I won't behave. I won't behave. Everyone in the office is doing a certain thing because of uh, this and that is happening. And how come you're not upset? And you're not upset because God has whispered to you that you'll be okay. You will not be caught up in the layoffs. You will not have anything taken from you. And you're just walking along and you're just calm and cool and collected. And people don't understand that. It's because what God has whispered to you. Nothing, absolutely nothing has the potential to change your life like the whisper of God. Nothing. Nothing will determine your destiny more than your ability to hear God's still, small voice. I was getting dressed this morning, and I said my prayers. And as I walked into the, walked into the bathroom from the bedroom, I just simply heard quietly, give the day to me. Simple as that. 
Give the day to me. So I don't know what's coming down the pike today. But whatever is going on, God said to just give the day to him. So I just stepped back and I said, okay, Lord, whatever it is, I'm going to give it to you. So however this day goes, whatever decisions need to be made by me or my wife or my family, I'm going to just give it to God. and Let it go where God wants it to go. But that was a still small voice. There's no booming in my house. There was no loud noise or rustle. It was simply and undoubtedly, unmistakably, when you start learning to hear God's voice, you'll recognize when he's speaking to you. You'll recognize it. Just that still small voice. Give it to me. This is how, this is how God-shaped dreams are birthed. This is how God-shaped dreams are birthed, and that's how miracles begin to happen in your life. But again, you've got to get, you've got to get from, from that doctrinal thing that men teach us about all you do to your, 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 with your relationship to God is to pray, read the Bible a little bit, you know, and to, to go to church and to give, you know, your tithes and offerings. That's all you need to do. I've been saying to you for weeks, Holy Spirit, I think I told you that it was last week that God had said that for nine months he's been steadily teaching along what he needs to, what he needs to do for you in your lives and how he's preparing you. And teaching you what to hear, what to listen for, and what to do for nine months. So that tells me that something, something, is on, something is on the precipice. God wants to take us from man's doctrinal way of worshiping to deep spiritual ways of hearing God's voice and understanding what he wants you to do. When was the last time you invited the Holy Spirit to speak to you? How many of us, when we actually pray, actually say, Lord, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Now, for many people, that just seems strange. It seems foreign for you to be in a room by yourself and, or even in, an open and just in the open and just say, Lord, speak to me. For you to actually verbalize and say the words. The same way you'd walk into a store and say, or, um, you, know, you know, give me a hot dog and a soda. And you say that out loud. When was the last time you actually in your prayer time said to God, Lord, God, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Literally, to, to pronounce those words out loud. You'd be surprised how your life can start changing. Just because I passed, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm privy, I have the inside, inside uh, track to God's voice. Just because I hear God's voice, it doesn't, doesn't, it's not just for pastors. God wants to speak to everyone that is sitting in this sanctuary. He wants to speak to you. But he's waiting for you to get, get rid of the trappings that man's church has put in our minds that God is something that is limited to the Bible and is only for once a week where you go to church where God wants to talk to you and deal with you on a daily basis. You've got to shift your thinking. Go to 1 Kings 19. Praise the living God. 1 Kings 19. Brother Brandon touched on this last week in his message. And I've found over the years that if Holy Spirit is repeating something, it's because he really wants to get the point across. And we are missing so much in our lives by not having a real deep relationship with God that goes beyond what man has taught us traditionally, that God is not a traditional God. God is a spiritual God, and he can only relate to us on a spiritual level. And we, we tend to forget about that. We go to 1 Kings 19, 
And just start with verse number one here, because I want you to get some of the background here. And Ahab told, 19 verse 1, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. This is where Elijah had slain the uh, 400 prophets of Baal. The, when Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the one, as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So in other words, what Elijah had done, slave heard prophets and so on. Now Jezebel sends this threat, as we used to say when we were kids, sends this wolf ticket to Elijah, telling him, what you did to those prophets, I'm going to do the same to you. Now this is the mighty Elijah, man of God, who just called down fire from heaven and slew 400 people. Okay, these evil prophets of Baal. This is Elijah. Jezebel sends this message to powerful Elijah, and what does he do? Verse number three. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which, um, which uh, belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. And he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. So here this mighty prophet, this mighty Elijah now, that did all that he did, and God pulled down the fires of heaven, he, after this little threat from Jezebel, runs for his life. This mighty, powerful man of God. Verse 5. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. An angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength uh, of that meat forty days and forty nights into Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Again, this mighty man of God running. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Underline that, please. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Under that, underline that also. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Underline that, please. And after the fire, a still small voice. Underline that also. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? What doest thou here, Elijah? So you see here that he was not in those most powerful movings. He was there in that still, small voice. You see? And so it is that God can appear to you in your life, in that still, small voice. This mighty man of God was running for his life. And, and at that point in time, by the way, God came back and gave him the words to come and so forth like that, what he needed to do. God spoke to him. But we look for God in all of the wrong places. We expect him to be booming. But, but, but what about you? 
Are you listening and are you hearing God's still, small voice? Have you ever tried to make people be quiet in a loud room where there's a lot of talk going on? Have you ever attempted to yell above the crowd at work or in a big meeting or something? Does it work for you to be screaming and yelling? It's far more effective to shush the crowd with a simple shh. It's always said that if two people are arguing or someone is arguing with you and they're screaming, the best way for you to get that person to stop screaming is for you to start talking quietly. Because that person has to stop because he can't hear you. Talking in a still, small voice. It's far more effective to shush the crowd than it is to shout back. That's the method that God uses, uses with us. His whisper quiets us. It calms us. It stills us. When I heard this morning to, 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 to just give the day to me, I mean, that just gave me such a peace because I just said, okay, Lord, whatever is going on today, I'm just going to give it to you. You'd be surprised. If you've got things going on in your life and you're struggling with something, there's something that you're worrying about and something is really troubling you, you don't know how to get answers from it. You pray and you talk to God and listen to that quiet voice and he will give you a quiet, simple whisper in a message that will still your soul, will bring peace to your spirit. That's why chronic noise, you know, may be the greatest block to our spiritual growth. Think about that. A lot of noise going on in your life can be one of the biggest blocks to your spiritual growth. When our lives get loud, with noise filling every single frequency or aspect of our lives, we lose our sense of being. You've got nothing but turmoil and running and bustling and hustling and bustling in your life. You lose your sense of, of being. When do you take time to just quiet down? When your schedules get too busy. Your schedules start getting too busy. You wind up losing your balance in the Lord. You start putting everything before him. That's how and why and when we forget that God is God. When you're just running so much and you just, everything is bah, 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 It's just like you forget about who is God. Silence is not passive waiting. Don't misunderstand that. Silence is not passive waiting. All right? Silence is proactive listening. Proactive listening. Now, we've all had those management, those other courses about effective listening and so forth and all like that. I don't know how many of those I've been through in my career. Amen? But listening, but, but, but silence is proactive listening. Each day, each day, each day, each day, God's voice gets a little bit louder in our lives until he's all that we can hear. Because all the time we drown him out. If you want to hear the heart of God, silence is the key. If you want to hear God's heart, silence is the key. If you want the Spirit of God to fill you, then be still. Be still. You know what Psalm 46, uh, uh, 46.10 says? is one of my favorite. Be still and know that I am God. When you've got something going on in your life and you're feeling particularly in a turmoil, that you mean you can just even repeat that scripture out loud to yourself. Be still and know that I am God. And you'll be surprised what a, a, a peaceful feeling will come over you. Because when you start realizing that if you just be still that God is God and you can just give the day to him, then that means that giving the day to him means that you don't have to do the work. You don't have to start struggling to figure out what it is that you need to do. God knows what needs to be done. But he doesn't, we don't always give it to him. The psalmist referred to God as their refuge. In many of the Psalms, Psalms 91, their fortress and their ever-present help in time of need. My favorite description would be a hiding place. Did you know that God is singing songs of deliverance all around you all of the time, but we don't realize that? 
I'm not sure what problem you need to solve right now in your life. I don't know what's going on in your life, lives personally or what issue that you need to resolve. But my prayer is that you'll learn to discern God's voice. It is critical. And if you're running too much, you simply can't hear God's voice. If you aren't conditioning or trying to condition yourself to hear God's voice, then, then, then you will constantly be trying to solve things in your life yourself. Do you ever try getting into your prayer room when you're quiet and simply saying, I mean, literally, you gotta get, you gotta get the mental shackles off of your mind about what you've been taught. That you can't talk to, talk to God. It's only for the, for the pastor to talk to God. It's only for those special people that are so anointed to talk to God. Try getting alone in your room and literally, you know, once you get past the first time I started praying openly and, and praying in tongues, I felt foolish. I'll be honest with you. No one's in the room with you, or so you think. And then you start talking to God. Challenge yourself. Challenge God. Get alone in that room where you're quiet. And literally say out loud, God, I want to hear your voice. But you've got to mean it in here. Just don't try this as some silly experiment. You've got to mean it in here. You see, the interesting thing is, is that the harder and harder our lives get, the more things that happen in your life that bring you to a point where you feel where you feel totally helpless. You don't know how to fix something. That's many. That's often the times that us human beings, we human beings, will get to the point of literally talking to God because you're so desperate. Well, I say to you, don't let your life get to that point. But you are so desperate because things are going so wrong in your life that you just you're just crying out to God. Don't let it get that desperate because you don't have to. You can walk into your prayer room where you are the next time you pray and simply say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. Talk to me. And then after you say that, be still. Be still. Stop the chatter. You know, you ever hear that, that term, you know, it was a long pregnant silence. Maybe you're with another human being where it's hard talking to them and the two of you all of a sudden run out of things to say. There's that long, pregnant silence. You say, boy, I'll never go to lunch with that person again. Boy, I couldn't talk or say anything. You know? all right? But God is not so. You say, literally say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. Talk to me. And then be still and be silent. And I guarantee you, you'll hear it. You will hear it. You won't hear it as a loud speaker, but you'll hear it in your heart of hearts. You know that this is God speaking to you. He may call you by your first name. He may call you by a pet name. He may call you by a nickname. He may call you by something else that you will know it's God. But he'll say, I'm here. Or whatever he chooses to say. And you will know. I challenge you to move yourself from the next, the, the spiritual level that you're at to really get to this higher spiritual level. Because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. The way things are going in this world. There's a persecution process afoot to just to just undo everything that we Christians believe. Even Christmas time. Out shopping, looking for decorations. How many decorations do you see that are nativity scene related? How many decorations do you see that are relative to anything to do with the Bible? You got footballs, you got Snoopy the dog, you got Disney cat, anything and everything and everything besides anything with the Lord. Okay? They're attacking Christmas trees. Thank Christmas tree. <laughs> I heard a minister on TV today speaking, and I said, right on, brother, preacher. But he was saying someone had written him a question, 
you know, they take mail in questions and he said, what about the Christmas tree? The Christians put up Christmas trees. And he started chuckling and he said, why are you worried about what they said in some pagan religion that they did with trees back then and then, that back then and there? Why are you worrying about what is written about how they were used? Okay. The Bible talks about not bringing a tree into your house. He said, that's because they were worshiping the trees. He said, we don't worship the trees. And the minister went on to say, I got Christmas trees in my house. I got them in the church. I have them in the office. I know our church back in New York, we had trees and Christmas decorations. He said, you, you, you don't go by what people used to do. What are you doing right now relative to that tree? He said, look at cows. Look what they did with cows. They made a cow. They cast a cow out of gold. Remember that in the Bible? They made a cow out of, out of gold. He said, because they made a cow out of gold, do you stop eating steak? <laughs> do you stop eating steak? Same thing. Amen. Because of what they did. You see, but Christianity is under attack. So you need to start looking at here. We need more spiritual and deeper discernment and words from God and words from God so that we can know what is exactly going on. Amen. Amen. You need to be able to discern his voice. You need to quit. You need to quit hiding from God and start hiding yourself in God. He's your protection. You know, and, I, and when I say hiding from God, you, you, you think that's weird. How that? I've known individuals that would, were afraid. What I'm talking about now, were afraid to go to the next deeper step and really getting a spiritual relationship with God because they thought God was going to do something to them. Something's going to happen to my children if I start going this way. If I start getting really deeply, I'm serious when I say that. They're afraid of getting closer and closer to God. They feel like it's some twilight zone thing that, that they're getting into. Hide yourself in God. What is, what is one noise that you could cut out from your day or your schedule this week so that you might be able to hear God's whispers to you more clearly? What's one thing that keeps you so busy that you might, that you would be able to cut out? Go to Psalm 32. Praise the living God. Psalm 32. Psalm 32, hiding yourself in God. Psalm 32, verse 7 simply says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. 32, verse 7. Amen. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. Okay, let God be your hiding place. You know, you have to remember that you need to be in God. God is your protection. You know, one of the greatest things, if we ever had, if you ever had a moment in your life where you were afraid of something as a child. You know, I remember times when, you know, I wasn't thunder that didn't bother me so much, but uh, whatever it is that kids think about. And you wake up in the middle of the night, you run into your mom and dad's bedroom and you jump right in the middle. And that was your safety place. Your point of safety. Well, God is your hiding place as an adult. You know? It's mighty strange if any of us would, middle of the night, something goes on and frightens you and you jump in your car and you drive to your mom and dad's house, you bang on the door and you run, you jump in the middle of their bed and you're 32 years old. I mean, that'd be kind of strange. Okay, can you imagine that? Amen? Amen? Well, guess what? You can do that with God. You got fears, you got concerns, that you can jump in the bed, so to speak. He's your hiding place. It says, it says in 32, it says, You are my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. 
But you've got to get to the point that you really understand the relationship between you and God and understand, more importantly, the relationship that he wants to have with you. When I look through Scripture, I see God showing up in strange places at strange times and strange ways. For Moses, it was the burning bush that he showed up. For Elijah, it was at Mount Carmel. For Jonah, it was in the belly of the whale. I don't think anything has changed. God still behaves the same way today. God still turns up, still turns up in a point, he turns appointments that we have with human beings into divine appointments, if you're walking with him. He still opens doors. God still inspires dreams. He still speaks through, through promptings and he speaks through people and he even speaks through painful situations in your life. When things are going on in your life, you've got something really going on in your life that's troubling. It's time for you to run to God and say, Lord, are you trying to teach me something here? Are you trying to show me something? What is this purpose? God speaks to us that way. He still speaks through all of those promptings the same way that he did with Moses. He can turn any patch of dry ground in, in your life into holy ground. God can actually do that. Listening doesn't happen automatically, by the way, or by default. It happens by design. Listening doesn't happen by default. It happens by design. It happens by plan. You have to seek solitude. You've got to seek silence. You have to ruthlessly, ruthlessly eliminate distractions in your life. Stop and think about what is distracting you from your appointment with God. What is distracting you? Okay? Sometimes we give in to what we feel is a whim or an invitation by someone else, and we go someplace and we do something that we feel right about doing, and that could be a divine appointment. It could be the time that God wants to show you something, that God wants you to hear something. You have to turn some voices down or tune them out altogether. It might be as innocent as talking radio, as talk radio is. It might be as innocent as talk radio or social media. Don't get me started on that. Seemingly innocent as social media. But why not just turn off the radio, turn off the music? Spend a little less time, a little less time with social media. Don't let social media become the guiding factor in your life. Don't let social media guide you into getting upset with someone because they unfriended you, defriended you, defrocked you, or whatever they call it. <laughs> you know? We put so much into social media that we don't have time to spend and think about God. How about fasting from those things for a while? While you're in the car and you're driving to work and we usually listen to talk radio or some music, what about taking that time that we're commuting to work to pray and to talk to God? Do you, do you really, really understand that while you're sitting there in that chair and that behind that wheel, that God is sitting next to you? You can actually talk to him? Some people say, oh boy, a driver will drive past me and see me talking in my window and nobody's in the car. And, you know, well, at least they'll give you wide berth. <laughs> they'll get out of your lane. They'll get away from you. Amen? Amen. Okay? okay. See, but we get, so, we get so concerned about what other humans will think. Rather than what will God think? You see? And you need to get in the habit of doing that with the craziness that's on the roads today. You need to be able to sit there in that car and hear God when he tells you, don't get off at age of 23. You better go off at 19. You've got to get in the habit of listening for things like that. But if you're so busy, your mind is so much noise in your life that you can't hear that, you don't know what's happening at age of 23. God may not want you to go that way. I oftentimes change parking. You've heard me say this before. I change parking spaces in a, in a heartbeat that I'm driving into. You go, unction in my spirit, don't park in that one. My wife will tell you, don't park in that one. Go over here. She does the same. You need to listen. You need to listen to those things. 
Need that, you need to have a time and a place in your life where God can whisper his thoughts and direction to you. Even if you take spirituality out of the equation, forget about that for a moment, you need a, a space of, uh, of, of quiet that you can get to to have some peace. If you live in a city, it's not all of that easy to find a quiet place. If you've got kids in the house, it's also not that easy to find a quiet place. But take a few minutes. God will work it out. Take a few minutes to spend some time with him. Do you have a whispering spot in your life? Do you have a whispering spot? Do you have that in your life right now? If not, then there might be a spot that you need to establish. If you do, if you do, how has God whispered to you when you were there? If you have a whispering spot, how has God been whispering to you? In closing here, let's go to Genesis 28. Genesis 28. Praise the living God. Genesis 28. Verse number 10. Genesis 28. Verse number 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took up the stones of that place and put them for pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father and the God of Isaac. The land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. Underline that, please. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and, uh, and in thee, and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. Underline that, please. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee, underline, I will not leave thee, until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Underline that all, please. I will not leave thee, until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it, and I knew it not, and I knew it not. Jacob's whispering spot happened to be that place where he was sleeping. At that point in time, God revealed some tremendous things to him. He reminded him that he's with him. That he will be with him. He also goes on to say there, I will be wherever you go, and I will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to you of. Now, if you're not in a quiet place where God can talk to you, how do you know what God has planned for your life? God is saying here, he's, he's with you, and he will accomplish that which he has accomplished, that, well, that which he has planned for you. So many times, so many times, and this is a, it's a whole sermon unto itself, the Holy Spirit, so guys, I'll preach on it. But so many times, we, we are the biggest detractors of our success in life. So many times, we are the biggest hinderers of things happening in our lives. God wants to whisper to you, he wants to tell you the things that he has planned for you. This is what God wants us to hear the most. You aren't the mistake. You, you aren't the mistake. 
that people say that you are. You're not the mistake that people say you are. You are not the labels that have been put on you. You are not the lies that the enemy has tried to sell you. You are not, you are not those, those false impressions and those false things that people are saying. You are who God says that you are. You are a child of God, make no doubt about it. You are the apple's eye of God, make no doubt about it. You are more than a conqueror, make no doubt about it. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus, according to the word of God, not my words. You are the righteousness of Christ. So put those negative things that are said about you and what you're thinking about yourself aside. If you struggle with believing any of those things that I just read, any of those truths about who you are, then it's time for you to let God be the loudest voice in your life. Because you're letting those other voices drown out the truths of who you are. If you're believing that you are a failure, if you're believing that you, you haven't accomplished what you think you should have accomplished at this age, if you're believing that I have not gotten to the point that I should have gotten at in life because of something that you did or something that someone else did, then, then God is not the loudest voice in your life. God doesn't love us because of who we are. God loves us because of who he is. That's what grace is all about. People mistake what grace is. Grace is given to us undeserved because God loves us so much. And the work that Jesus did at the cross, that's how much he loves us, you see. And if God loves us that much, don't you think that he's going to care for you? Don't you think that the things that's going on wrong in your life that he's going to, 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 to correct? He'll make it better. He'll make it go away. Okay. But you got to hear him. You know, so many times we're like the driver who you're in a, a foreign city. You don't know where you are. And, and you ask somebody at the gas station or whatever, how do I get to so-and-so? How do I get to so-and-so? A place that you need to do. And while you're sitting there with your window down, the guy is there giving you directions and he's pointing and blah, blah, blah. And you're sitting there. And your mind is thinking about the cake that you're baking. You're not even listening while he's giving you directions. God many times is doing that in your life. He's giving you directions, but you're too busy being focused on something else. You're too busy worrying about what's going on else going on, uh, going on in your life around you. God loves us because of who he is. God wants us to hear what he's saying, and we must heed his voice. But much more than that, he wants us to hear his heart. He wants you to hear his heart. So he whispers to us softly and softer and softer so that we have to get closer and closer to him. Okay? And when we get closer and closer to him, that's when he finally gets close enough so that he can wrap his arms around us and tell us that he loves us. God God doesn't want to shout to you. He wants to whisper so that you can say, what did you say, Lord? What did you say, Lord? Okay. And if you've got all this turmoil going on in your mind, you may not be saying and talking loudly or singing loudly, but if you've got all this turmoil in your mind and in your heart going on while you're praying, and, and, and then you can't hear God when he's whispering back. Okay? So the same way M leaned over to Robbie when Robbie was trying to whisper to her, the same way when you're praying and you're talking to God, you've got to, to, to get quiet and get closer to God so you can hear him. So you can hear that still, small voice. Okay? Don't expect God. Now, God is sovereign. He can do whatever he chooses to do. And sometimes God will do that. He may do that in your life. But don't think that while you're running down the street and you're shouting and shouting and jumping up and down, that all of a sudden God is going to grab you and speak to you some deep spiritual secrets that you need to do something in your life. God is sovereign. 
he can shout out and put a big brick wall in front of you to make you bang, run into that so you'll stop and look around you. Okay? But God speaks in those quiet voices. So the, the, so the deep spiritual lesson for today's message is how do you get away from the thinking and what you've been taught for all of these years about how you should be worshiping and praising God? How do you get away from believing what God is going to do in your life, what God has the ability to do in your life, without getting caught up into man's doctrinal nonsense, but getting into what the Word of God is really saying and what Holy Spirit is saying to you? No such thing as coincidence if you're a child of God. No such thing. You hear the things, you're exposed to the things that God wants you to hear and wants you to be exposed to. The question is, what will you take and what will you do with it? Will you grab it and bring it into your life? We've been deafened. We've been deafened by the voice of conformity. We've been deafened by the voice of criticism and the voice of condemnation. Deafened by it. Negative input that comes into our lives that tells what we can't do. You're not going to succeed. You know? I don't know about you, but I meet somebody and every time I'm around them, lunch, dinner, breakfast, work, school, no matter what, this person's got nothing but negative stuff to say and always criticizing my shoes, my ties or something like that or whatever it is. You don't want to be around that person. Amen. Amen. You see, you see, but we we push it because it may be politically incorrect for me not to do that or not to say that or to do this or to do that. What does God say you should do? That's all that matters. I don't care how much they criticize me. I don't care how much they talk about it. What does God want me to do? Be it friends, be it family members, whoever it may be. If they're telling me to do something counter to the word of God, I'm not going to hear it. We worry about conformity. We've been deafened by those voices. We've been, and, and, and the side effects of letting ourselves be deafened by that, the side effects is what? It, it's, it's loneliness. It's shame. It's anxiety. Oh, I'm not lonely. I'm not lonely. I got friends. I got family. I got this. I got that. How are you at night? When the house is quiet? How many of you realize you can have 10,000 people sitting in your room, crammed in the room, and you can be lonely? You can feel lonely because you have no place to turn to. You have no one to talk to. You have no one to empathize with you. And anxiety speaks for itself. That's the side effects of letting condemnation just dwell in your life. Condemnation is of the devil. Conviction is of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will convict you in terms of telling you what you've done wrong and so on like that. The difference with that, though, is that when Holy Spirit convicts you of something, he says, here's the way out. This is what you need to do to fix the situation. Condemnation is what, is what the devil brings on you. He just says, see, you did that, you're going to hell. Forget it, there's no hope, you're done, that's it. No way of correcting it. That's condemnation. And that's what people will try to bring into our lives if we let them. Amen? Amen? So hear God's voice. The good news for all this here in closing is that you not only bear God's image, but you know his voice. Not only bear God's image, you know his voice. Where is God leading you? Ask yourself, where is God leading you? How is God talking to you? If I was to ask for a show of hands, which I don't want you to do, I don't want a show of hands. If I was to ask for a show of hands, how many hands would I see if I asked the question, do you really pray to God and do you hear his voice? More importantly, do you really pray to God and do you believe that you can hear his voice or that you should hear his voice? Do you believe that? 
If you walk out of here believing that this is an impossibility, it's a bunch of silliness and whatnot, then guess what? You will never hear from God. But I, I, I challenge you, I challenge you to try something different. Try something different. You're going to need to. Times are coming where you're going to see that the same old same just doesn't cut it. You're going to see that times are coming that you're going to see. And I say that prophetically, that times are coming that you're going to see that, that you just can't keep doing things the same way. You're going to see that. The signs are all around us. The signs are all around us. You've got to fish or cut bait, as they say. Either you want to really, really be deeply, deeply into the Lord and let Lord bring you into a glorious life and, and, and show you and teach you how to get out of difficult situations as they come upon you. Or you're just going to go along with the crowd. And just say, oh, that's some spiritual poppycock. You know what the thing is? You stop and think about it. That's what they did to Jesus. When Jesus was here bringing the gospel, the good news, what did they do? They crucified him. He turned over the religious society of the time. He turned over the powerful, the rich. He turned over, turned it over. Because he was bringing spiritual things to them that they could not even understand. They could not even even grasp. So it's time for you to get to a different level. Where is God leading you? Where is he taking you? If you can't hear his voice, consider spending more time in his word on a regular, va- uh, regular basis. Philippians 1, 6 said that he has, God has begun a good work in you, and he will complete it. He will complete it. Who's ready and waiting for it to be completed? Amen? Amen? Praise God, praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.